0: Yeah, I was thinking about um, this this whole COVID-19 thing and how it has just robbed us of, of so much. Um, I saw a post yesterday by a, a young lady that uh, is a friend of mine who got married, and she was talking about her, how the, it just so upset the wedding and that she had to do it on Zoom and all of that kind of stuff. And, and I was thinking about it last week at, at Nancy Everhart's funeral. I know there were a lot of people who, who wanted to be here, uh, but again, are just real concerned about being out in public and... And it, you know, I, I know that there are a lot of us, and I know a lot of you online, particularly uh, some of us who have some underlying health conditions or are older, and we're, we're, we've been inside now for five months, you can feel very, very alone. And what I want you to know today is you are not alone. You know, last week, um, I began part one of this uh, two-part sermon on the fact that we are never forsaken, that we have a God who promises he will never leave us or forsake us. And last week, I, I began kind of unpacking that truth and how, how you see it from, from the beginning that God's desire was to be with us, and, and how all through the Old Testament, that was how Moses said, you know, Lord, that's what, that's what really defines us as your people, is the fact that people see your, you know, you are with us. That's, that's what sets us apart from all the people of the earth. And, and then we come into the New Testament, and, and when Jesus came, the, you know, the prophecy about him is that his name would be called Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. God with us. And that was the whole point when Jesus said, you know, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to leave my spirit so that I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. And and today, I I just want to really encourage you, um, because I started, when I was writing this message, I started thinking about all the different times when we feel very alone, but we need to be reminded that we are not alone. Are you ready? Um, if you want to take your sermon outline out, you can, you can uh, just track along with me. I, when, I was, when I was working on this, again, I, I thought of so many, I thought, gosh, I could do just a whole series on this, um, you know, this, this stuff. And maybe sometime down the line, we'll come back to it. But, but I, want to give you, I want to give you several times when I know that we, we feel alone and we, we need to know God is with us. And maybe, maybe one or two of these would fit for you. Are you ready? Here we go. In times of opposition, in times of opposition, um, I started thinking about how in, in the Old Testament one of the, the real prevalent features of the presence of God was how God would be with them against whatever armies or whatever that they were facing. You know, when Abram uh, left his country at God's prompting and he went where God had led him to along the way through, the, through Abram's, you know, whole, whole storyline, you find him coming up against people that were stronger and bigger. But you know what? God was with him, you know. Then you 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 track later, you you see God prompting Moses, telling Moses, "I want you to go back to Egypt where you're a wanted man. I want you to walk into the court, you know, of the most powerful king on the face of the earth, and I want you to tell him to let my people go." And 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 what in the world was it that gave Moses the courage to do that? It was because God said, "I will go with you." And I started thinking about how, you know, how often we find ourselves against opposition. And, and maybe some of you feel that. Some of you have felt that at school. Some of you have felt that at work. Some of you have felt that out there in, in various places. And, and sometimes, you know, you can feel very alone. But if God is with you, look at me. You and God make a majority. I, I love in, in 2 Kings chapter 6, um, the prophet Elisha is being sought, uh, hunted down by the, the king of Aramea. And um, he finds out where Elisha is, and he sends his armies there during the night, and they surround the place where Elisha was at. And it's on your outline if you will track along. It said, and when the servant of, of, of the servant of the man of God got up the next morning, and went and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Now you can imagine how panicked he was. Oh no, my lord! He said, "What shall we do?" The servant said, "Don't be afraid." the prophet answered. Read this out loud with me. Those who are with us are more than those who who are with them. Now let me stop for a second. Can you imagine Elisha's servant seeing all of these, all of this army, seeing all these soldiers, and then hearing Elisha say, Oh, don't worry about that. Those who are with us are more than with them. You can you can just imagine the servant the you know, servant kind of looking at Elisha going, the old man has lost it. You know, he, he's, he's Elisha, you're out of your mind. So then Elisha, I love this. then Elisha prayed, Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see read it with me, church. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked, and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all surrounding Elisha. And if you remember the storyline on that, as the armies came in, the Lord struck these armies blind, and Elisha and his servant took this entire army captive all by themselves. Why? Because God was with them. I love what Paul says in, in Romans 8, 31, just a great verse to commit to memory. Read it with me. If God is for us, who can ever be against us? And I want this, I really want this to give you, you courage because again, some of you are heading off to college and you're going to find yourself sometimes in classrooms with a lot of people who are not believers and you're going to find yourself in situations where you are going to be in the minority as a person of faith. And you're going to be reluctant sometimes to speak up. And you're going to be hesitant sometimes to speak up. There are some of you that's going to happen to you on your job. You're going to find yourself surrounded by people who, who they, they're from a whole, whole different point of view and you're gonna and you're gonna think, man, I'm here all by myself, and and who am I that I should speak up? And again, I'm not told you to telling you to be bold or be be belligerent and rude. I'm not talking about. But I I want to encourage you that if God is with you, you know what? Who can be against you? In the end, there's only one opinion that counts, and that's His. Amen. You know, I had a, a, great, a, a great lesson with this several years ago. Uh, some of you have heard me share the story before. But when I, was, uh, when I was living in Pennsylvania, I served on uh, the board uh, for the organization of Big Brothers and Big Sisters. Uh, a, it's a nonprofit organization that helps match kids uh, who are from primarily from single-parent homes who are at-risk kids. Matching them with adults can, can help be a mentor to them. And it's a great organization, and I was serving on this board. And when you're a nonprofit, you know, you're always looking for ways to raise money, because you always got to have money that, you know, you get donors or whatever. A board member came to our board meeting, and he had, this, he had this idea that he wanted to present, and he was so excited about it. And he started talking about having this rugby tournament. And he was talking about how he's been associated with it before and, and how much money they've been able to raise. They could, you know, we could sell tickets, we could do concessions and, and, you know, do giveaways and all this money that could be raised. And man, all the board members, man, we were just licking our chops because we're thinking, wow, this could be, you know, a real answer for us of trying to do all of this. And he got all of that stuff. And when he got to the end of his presentation and everybody was ready to sign on the dotted line, he says, there is one little caveat And that is that the the sponsor for this rugby tournament would be Rolling Rock Distribution Company. And Rolling Rock was a a local alcohol distributing company there in Westmoreland County. And um, everybody kind of got quiet. And he says, does anybody have a problem with that? And I'm looking around the, the table And all the board members are kind of just got their heads down and everybody's just kind of quiet and nobody's saying anything. And so finally I thought, I just, I can't live with that. And so I just kind of said, you know, I'm sorry, I have an issue with that. And the guy looks at me with that, you know, kind of rolls his eyes like, well, of course the resident preacher has got a problem with that, you know. And I said, you know, I, I just don't think that fits well for our values and our mission as an organization, I said, you know, just last month, I said, we had a red ribbon campaign and we asked all of our bigs and littles to wear these red ribbons with their commitment to be alcohol and drug free. And now a month later, we're going to ask an alcohol distributing company to be a sponsor for an event with our name plastered on it. I said, I, I just don't think that that's, that that meshes well. And, uh, and, and it was so interesting and we got into some discussion and finally the director put it to a vote and the board voted it down. And, uh, after the meeting, what was so wild was after the meeting, I had five or six board members come up to me and they said, I am so glad you said something. And I'm like, well, where were you turkeys? You know, when this was going on. And what it it reminded me of, and I just don't want you to miss this, what I want to remind you of is the fact that a lot of times there's a lot more support there than you know. And a lot of times God's already got the support in place. He just needs somebody to be bold enough to speak up. Does this make sense to you? Now, again, I want you to hear my heart with this. I've had enough Christians, I've had enough of us as Christians being rude and belligerent on Facebook, and it needs to stop. We we, we don't need to be rude. We don't need to be belligerent. We don't need to flaunt things in people's faces. We don't need to be ugly. That, That is not the character of Christ. Can I say that out loud? That is not the character of Christ. But I am all about speaking the truth in love. And I think that's the kind of people that God needs us to be. Even in times of opposition, God is with us. Amen, church? Amen, church? Amen. You better believe it. Another time is in times of difficulty. You know, when we get into hard places where we're facing challenging times, it could be difficulty financially, it could be difficulty uh, in terms of some relational stuff going on, Uh, there could be some, some health issues going on, but even in those times of difficulty, you know, when we get into them, sometimes the thing that we're dealing with becomes so big, we lose sight of God and we forget, you know what, God really is with me in this. I love, again, I love the promises from his word. Isaiah 43, 2, would you read this? out loud. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. John 16:33. Jesus speaking right before he goes gets arrested and goes to the cross. He's trying to speak confidence into his disciples and he said, "You know what? I have told you all of this so that you may have what? Peace in me. Peace in the midst of this quality. Read it with me what he says. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. I had a friend of mine that um, was writing posted yesterday this thing about her, her father uh, who had come home from playing golf and um, when he got home, he, he was trying to relax a little bit and he started chilling and, uh, and they checked him and sure enough, he was, he was running a fever and this was a guy who has had some heart issues. And so they were a little bit concerned about that. And so they were trying to get him hydrated. And then he started getting sick as they were trying to get him hydrated. And so they started getting real concerned. But the thing was, what they were really worried about, this was down in Florida. They were thinking, man, we don't want to take him to the emergency room. Because if he doesn't have a COVID-19, we sure don't want him with, you know, with heart issues, you know, catching COVID-19 from an emergency room somewhere. And so they were trying to fight it, and they were, his, they were watching his fever get worse and worse. It went from 99 to 100 to 101 to 102, finally hit 103.5. And by the time it got that high, I mean, they were at the edge of getting ready to call 911. And uh, they had so many family members. They were recruiting family member after family member to pray. And she was talking about how people were walking around the house praying. There were people walking outside praying. And they were just saying, God, we need you. We need you here in this. Yeah, and it was one of those times she said I just, it was just it was just so so crazy so just at the moment where we were ready to give up she goes we took his temperature again and it came down a little bit and then a few minutes later, we took it again, and it started coming down a little more. And it came down a little more, and it came down a little more, and it came down a little more. And finally, they were able to get, to get, her, get her father stabilized and get him to where he could drink and he could eat. And they, they, they were getting him, getting him settled again. And what I thought was so cool, as she was saying all this, she goes, you know, we were so panicked, We were so, you know, we were so out of sorts. She said, but God was there. And I love what she wrote. She said, even when we can't see him, he's working. Even when we can't see him, he's working. Now look at me for a second. Again, I have no idea what difficulty you may be dealing with. Um, You may be facing something financial, personal, relational, doesn't matter. I don't know what you are dealing with. and My guess is if you've been facing it and it's been coming at you hard, there's times in this you felt very alone in it. But you are not. Even when you can't see him, he's working. Amen. Can I give you another one? In times of fear, in times of fear. Oh, come on! It's just us. How many of you've ever been afraid? <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. You know what's so interesting is sometimes it'd be a good, just a good Bible study for you to do on your own is to go through the entire Bible, Old Testament to New, and see how many times God and Jesus say these words, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Why? Because fear depletes faith. And over and over and over again, what God reminds us of is, is in the fact that we don't have to be afraid because he is near to us. Um, I, I love it. I think it's one of the reasons why he gave us the promises of his word. So that we would have something to hang on to in those times when we're afraid. <laughs> we had I, I told you last week, we had our, our grandkids for uh, three weeks. And uh, a week ago, Thursday, um, Ben and Charlie, my son and his wife, were flying into town. Um, they were going to spend a week with us, with the kids, uh, before we took them back to Baltimore. And uh, on Thursday, when I was getting ready to head to the airport, uh, just as I was getting Jolie, our, 12, or our 12-year-old granddaughter, getting her around, getting her ready, our 10-year-old, Maddox, came up to me and he said, Grandpa, I don't, I don't think I want to go. And, um, you know, because I really don't want to leave a 10-year-old at home by himself. And I said, why? And he was telling me he was having intestinal issues, And my mind began to imagine heading to the airport with my autistic 12-year-old and Maddox in the back having intestinal issues. Now, that didn't paint a really nice picture for me, particularly since I was going to be driving my car and not Wanda's car. If I wasn't driving Wanda's car, I might have been been a little bit more okay with it. But since I was driving my car, I'm thinking, I don't want a child with intestinal issues in the backseat of my car. And so I I, I said, okay, Maddox. I said, I'm going to let you stay here. And uh, I said, and he, you know, he's stayed alone a little bit by himself. So he's a pretty smart kid. And so I told him he knew how to dial 911. He had his phone with him. He could call me. I said, Maddox, I have a neighbor right across the street. She's home. She has a key to our house. If you have any problems, I'll send her over, blah, 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 blah. And so we were, you know, we were, we were talking. He was, and he was fine. I'll be okay, Grandpa. So I'm heading halfway to the airport. Kid you not, halfway to the airport. My phone rings, and it's Maddox. And I said, hey, bud, what's going on? And he says, Grandpa, I think someone's in the house. I went, oh, no. I said, Maddox, why, why would you think that? He said, Grandpa, I heard a door slam. And I said, you heard the outside door slam? He said, no, it was a, it was a door in the house. It was, I heard a door slam. And I said, oh, Maddox, I said, that, that was probably just one of our bedroom doors. I said, the air conditioner probably kicked on and, and that creates that suction and it probably just pulled the door shut. That, that's probably all it was. And, and he goes, but Grandpa, he said, Grandpa, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm scared, Grandpa, I'm scared. And I said, well, Maddox, I'm, I'm getting close to the airport. Your mommy and daddy are coming in. I, I can't turn around. He said, but Grandpa, I'm scared. I'm scared, don't. He said, Grandpa, please. And I, I said, Maddox, how about this? How about if I don't hang up? How about if I keep you on the phone and I'll put you on speaker, and then we can just keep talking while I pick your mommy and daddy up, and we'll head right home, and, and he said, okay, and so I put him on speakerphone, and, and, and I actually muted it so it wouldn't be too loud from him from the car, and, and every once in a while, he said, Grandpa, are you there, and I would hit the mute button. I said, I'm here, buddy. What are going. Are you okay? Yeah, I just want to make sure you were still there, and we did that over and over and over again all the way home. <laughs> I got home. I thought, that is God right there, that is God right there. How many times in the midst of, of being afraid of facing things do we, do we cry out to him? How many times have you had a situation going on that were kind of taking your breath away and God either sent you someone with just the right word that you needed in that moment or you opened his word and he gave you just the right verse that you needed at that moment to let you know, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm going to get you through this. My guess is there are some of you who came into church today or are watching online today and you're afraid. And it's okay. But you need to know you're not alone in your fear. I love Isaiah 41:10. Would you read this out loud with me? Don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Can I give you another one? You're not alone in your times of doubt. You're not alone in your times of doubt. Now, come on. It's, it's just us. This is church. It's a great place to confess. How, how many of you would be honest enough to admit in your journey of faith, there have been times you've had doubts. Anybody? Yeah. And I think sometimes when we have doubts, I think sometimes those are those moments where we wonder, you know, Lord, if I'm I'm doubting you, are you gonna give up on me? I think sometimes when, when things don't go the way we think they do or God doesn't answer prayer the way we think he should or, or something happens that we think maybe God should have prevented and, and we begin to have that doubt. Is there a God really there? Is he really watching out for me? I wonder sometimes, you know, when we have that doubt, that's when the enemy jumps on with guilt and says, oh, you're, you're doubting God now. Well, you can't, you know, God's not going to be close to you if you're doubting him. You know what? That's just not true. God is not driven off by the fact that you wrestle with doubt sometimes. He remains faithful to us. <laughs> I, I love I love the little story about the mother who took her five-year-old boy to, to the doctor for a checkup. And the kid was a little bit afraid and the doctor was really good with kids and got him up on the table and took out his little light and his scope and he said, now let me look in your mouth. And the boy opens his mouth and he shines his light in there. And the doctor says, looks down on his throat and says, Is Cookie Monster in here? You know, and he looks in and, and he looks back and then he turns his head just a little bit. He says, I'm gonna look in your ear. And he takes the scope and he shines the light on his ear. And he starts looking there. And he said, Is Barney in here? You know, and he looks in and he smiles then the doctor puts down the light and he turns the little boy around. He puts his stethoscope on and he puts the little monitor down on his, on his chest to hear his heart beating. He goes, okay, I'm going to check your heart. He puts it on there and he says, he goes, is Big Bird in there? And the little boy started laughing. He said, no, doctor. He said, Jesus is in my heart. He, he said, Big Bird is on my underwear. <laughs> <laughs> That's a beautiful piece of this theology about Jesus being in our heart, about God's spirit being in us. Did you know that in your times of doubt that one of the things you can do and in your own times of reflection is to listen and begin to sense that spirit of God that is within you? And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. There are times when you can sense God near. You can sense him deep inside. I I love what Paul said in Ephesians 1, verse 14. You can read it with me. He says, the spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be what? His own people. Even in our times of doubt. God's with us. He hasn't given up on us. Can I give you one more? Even in death, even in death, you're not forsaken. You know, I, I've had the, uh, I've had the opportunity through the years to to be with a lot of different people during the last days of their life. And can I just say something to you? There is a a defining difference between people who know God and how they face death and people who do not. It's amazing to me when I'm sitting with someone who knows that the end is near for them and yet are they afraid of death? A little, yeah. It's kind of a scary transition. Don't know exactly what's gonna happen. But there is an amazing confidence in, I know who holds me in his hand, and I know where I'm going. And even in death, it's amazing to me how people find that kind of strength to say, you know what, God is with me. And not just for those who are dying, for those of us who have lost people close to us, you'll get this too, we don't grieve like the rest of the world grieves. Not when we lose someone that we know is dying in the Lord. It's so interesting. Paul says this in Thessalonians. He said, you know, we don't don't grieve like people who have no hope. We are a people who have hope. Are we sad? Of course we're sad. You know, it's like Jesus at the, at, the, at the funeral of Lazarus, his good friend, It said, Jesus wept. Jesus cried at a funeral. It's okay for us to cry. Grieving is the way we get some of that hurt out. But Jesus knew exactly where Lazarus was, and he knew exactly what he was going to do. And the same with us. You know, when we're walking through our times of grief, when we, when we know that we are with God and we know this one who has passed is with God, there is a great sense of hope that comforts us and God's presence is with us through it all. I love again, Romans 8, 38, Paul's words. Read them with me. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell, can separate us from God's love. One of the most famous verses most of us remember from being a kid, from Psalm 23, verse 4, from the King James Version. Read it out loud. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. And sometimes, even in those times, we need to be reminded, I know we feel a great loss. I know we feel the sting, but we're not alone. Throw that picture up on the screen for me, Lee. Uh, The gentleman on the right is, that's Randall Higgins, and he's holding uh, his grandson, Jackson. Some of you are, are aware of just... Last month we had a very tragic death, and Randall's son Justin, who's an electrician, um, had an electrical accident and was killed. And it's always so hard when you lose a young adult like that, and and particularly as a as a parent or a grandparent, you're not supposed to bury your children, and it, it's an extremely difficult time. And Cindy, Justin's wife, of course, with four kids, you know, has struggled through all of this. But Cindy Cindy posted this picture yesterday on Facebook um, with this little story that I just think is so cool. And it tells about how the presence of God, even in our difficult times, is near. She posted this picture and Cindy said, Jackson's last games of the season were this week. And she said, all I could think about through all of this was that Justin should be here he should be here she goes I barely held it together through the games and I completely lost it when we walked out of the building I cried into my sister's arms I cried into my father-in-law's arms she said I finally pulled myself together and I got in the car where the kids were waiting she said Jackson saw me being sad And he asked me, why? And she said, I I told him, I just wish your dad could have watched you tonight. And my sweet five-year-old baby with unwavering certainty replied, he did. God can see everything and he's telling daddy about it. That's great theology for a five-year-old. Even... When we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to be afraid for our God is with us. Amen. Rachel, come on back up. I've asked Rachel to to close us out today with just a a beautiful song. And and I want this to be uh, just a very meaningful time of worship for you. Now, I don't I don't know what you've been facing maybe you've been dealing with opposition in your own life maybe you've been dealing with difficulty or fear uh, maybe you've been facing doubts or maybe you've walked through that valley of the shadow of death maybe you've lost someone and th- there may be some of us today that have just really struggled because we feel very alone and this morning I just want to remind you you're not alone God will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And I want to give you just a few moments, maybe just to lean into him. And maybe just to say, God, kind of like you let Cindy know you were close to her. Could you let me know that today? And just see what God might do to make you aware of his presence in your life. If some of you would like to have a moment at an altar where you can pray privately. You're more than welcome to do that. But this song has such powerful words to it that I, I want this to really be a, a time where you lean into God and you let God speak directly to you. He is near to you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. Lord, how we thank you that you are the constant in our life. That. You are our rock, our strong tower, the one that we can run to. How thankful we are today, Lord, for the promises that we've been sharing, that you will never leave us or forsake us. And I know that there are many of us that just really need to hear that today. Lord, you know each person. You know exactly what they're struggling with. You know exactly where they have felt alone in their own journey last week. And God, would you just draw near to them as they, as they reach out to you? Some of them need you to show yourself to them. Some of them need you to, to speak to them in a way that reminds them that even when they can't feel you, even when they can't see you, that you're working and that you are close. I know, Lord, sometimes particularly when our lives really get broken and, and we have big losses or big setbacks. And, it's hard to know that you're there, but, but you promise in your word. You're close to the brokenhearted. And so, Father, today I pray as each one reaches out to you, would you just reach out to them. May they sense your presence deep in their heart. May they sense your spirit close at hand. Father, we thank you. Thank you that no matter what goes on around us, it never changes the one who is within us, help us to keep leaning into you, oh God, as you are our strength and you are our constant. In your precious name we pray today. And everyone said, amen. Amen.